on today's show, we'll we'll kind of try to divide it in half, Andy. I guess a little bit. You know, the heavy stuff at the beginning. Uh, you know, obviously with the pandemic uh, and what it's done to the sports season and what it's just done to people personally. We'll get into that, into Rudy Gobert, into what might come of the NBA season, and then after that, maybe lighten things up a little bit. If you want the heavy stuff, start from the beginning. If you want to, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to lighten things up as we go along on this episode of the Magic Hour. Welcome to this week's edition of the Magic Hour here at the Forum Club at theathletic.com. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, coming to you late Sunday evening. Um, what do we call this, Andy? The first uh, of our pandemic podcasts? I uh, the Unfortunately, I think it's going to be a pandemic series. I think so. Uh, hopefully limited, <laughs> reasonably limited. Um, I am hoping for the best, but uh, expecting... I don't want to say the worst because that sounds uh, ghoulish given the uh, context right now, but I, I'm not expecting um, not expecting this series to end early. No, when Dr. Sense. Fauci says we need to be prepared to hunker down, I am uh, I am prepared to hunker down. Uh, I think that's where we are. Um, so, you know, obviously it is a, a different <laughs> different world that we're in now than the one that we were in a week ago in terms of what we're what we're talking about what what there is but um you know we we intend to keep talking and keep podcasting and you know hopefully bring in uh you guys uh listeners as much as possible please again you know subscribe rate review all that stuff get it out to as many people as you can i mean hopefully if nothing else andy we can help people um there're going to be some people with a lot of time to kill um Looking for and by some people, you mean pretty much all of them. Pretty much all of them. Although, I mean, this is something I, I know we're going to get into. Like, what this is, I'm already starting to understand is going to be very different for different people. Um, you know, as everybody kind of self-quarantines. And in LA, it's, it's you know, we're just at that point as we talk on Sunday night where, uh, you know, the, the announcements are coming down where restaurants are closing and bars are closing. Would not shock me if we get a pretty much a full quarantine, you know, where people can go to work, um, to the doctor, to the grocery store. And other than that, have to stay home would not shock me if we get to that pretty quickly. No, I, absolutely not. I think that's where it's headed. I mean, if, if for no other reason, then unfortunately we see people resisting it. And at yeah. some point, the only way to get people to actually do it is to make it. You just have to. Yes. To make it a mandatory legal initiative. And I mean, I, we may end up, I'm sure at some point, saying this over the course of this pandemic series, but let me just say it right now. Listen to what the experts are saying. Listen to what your government officials are saying, your city officials, et cetera. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's important to listen to what the experts are saying and then to make sure you're, you're recognizing who the experts are. Exactly. But, but um, not all of our government officials are experts. Right. Okay. L listen to the ones that sound like <laughs> they're concerned about the pandemic. <laughs> listen right. to them. For example, I, I'll narrow it exactly. down for you. Right. Right. I mean, listen, to, listen to the one, listen to the ones who are telling you to stay inside. Right. Those in are these, the ones to listen to. In these to. fraught times, I don't want to get too literal, but I think people get it. Yes. Um, so anyway, um, do if you don't you, get what we're talking about, you're probably one of the people in a bar right now. Right. You're not listening to this podcast or you're listening on your way to a bar. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot to there's a lot to kind of talk about. Not as much of it as basketball, although um, I, I think we are still close enough to basketball, Andy, that we can 
we can we can talk about what's there. I you know we were both in the building. It seems like it was a thousand years ago at this point, um, to me at least that basketball stopped. It was Wednesday, right? Yes, uh, Wednesday it stopped. Uh, like in certain cases, mid game, in certain cases after games, but really the official point was when Rudy Gobert tested positive last Wednesday for the coronavirus. Uh, This was figured out right before the Jazz and Thunder were set to play in OKC. Right, they they pulled them off the court. Yes, exactly. So that was five days ago. Five days ago. And it's just, it feels like 100 years ago. Like, to me at least, it feels so far. And I realize, you know, some of that is because you know, we haven't as a society really had a chance to kind of just settle into any kind of routine. And it's this constant barrage of news and, and whatever, but the weirdness to me just of how quickly it's been gone and how long it feels like it's been gone and sport, just all sports, it's not just basketball, but like all of it, that to me is the weirdest feeling. It just, it it feels like it was a hundred years ago that, that sports was a thing. Well, I think it's also in part because everything has just rapidly changed so much. I mean, you know, right. once, once the NBA got canceled, it was right around the time where, and I mean, this is indicative of how our society works, that things tend to get dictated by, you know, the, their effect on, you know, the, the wealthy and influential in this country. Rudy Gobert tested positive right around the time that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson uh, same night. Tested positive. Wasn't it? Or was, it that was, a couple, was that a night later? No, no it was the same night. The same night. It, it yeah, was within it was hours right. of yeah. each other. You started just getting a sense that this was really going to start getting serious in the way that, you know, other leagues were going to follow the NBA's lead of, you know, suspending the season. And really, I mean, in, in taking the NBA's lead, to be totally honest, their, their hands were tied. And they were at a place where they simply could not do this anymore because we saw that they were trying to thread a needle where you potentially continue playing games, but you have no fans there, you know, as if that somehow protected the players or, you know, right, but you, like at the that. very least you could show, you could show players on TV, right, but, it, but it was never, the games. my it, point is it was never practical. It wasn't. And, and the, and of course the minute a player tests positive, you have to stop because now the players have to go into quarantine and then the Toronto Raptors have to go into quarantine. And now, as we found a couple of days later, you know, uh, Christian Wood on the on the Pistons tested positive. So now they have to like you can't have a schedule when three or four of your teams, you know, the Celtics had to go into quarantine. Like everybody's got to go to quarantine. Like you can't have a basketball schedule. And so you know, once that happened, the league had to stop. And like you, Sandy, I, I think it was one of these deals where somebody had to go first. Um, and because the first positive test was was inside the NBA. The NBA was the one, and then the NCAA followed, the NHL followed, and and so on and so on. And part, and, and really, the reality is there are more athletes, just like there are more people, that have been walking around with it. You know that they don't know because, in part, because these guys are young and they're healthy and they're generally asymptomatic. Um, you know, the athletes, somebody would have tested positive at some point, but nobody would know because we don't have a lot of tests. That's a a separate issue, but you know. It's hardly like Rudy, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and um, Christian, Christian Wood are not the only three people who are professional athletes who are walking around with coronavirus. They're just not. No, it's pretty unlikely. And I mean, you know, this was something we were starting to become hyper aware of in sports and specifically in the NBA and around the Lakers. You know, we had reached this place where 
you know, the, the NBA had mandated that there be you know, at least six feet of distance between players and media and media and, not not us right no no we, we can be crammed in as tight as no as and, one, and which is, i was gonna say yeah like, i'm the glad last, yeah i know some you want to talk about the, the last three or four games at staples center like I, for me I, I can only speak for me i can't speak to how everybody was there you know among you know our you know colleagues in media and i i imagine it varied depending on who you talk to but i i was starting to feel incredibly self-consciously aware of how close I was to people, you know, like the, as you started hearing about more, you know, mostly positive tests over overseas and stuff like that, you just start becoming hyper aware of how close you are to people, how yes. hyper aware of contact that you may have from people, like how all these people in this building, you know, whether you're talking about players, whether you're talking about fans, whether you're talking about media, they're from all over Los Angeles, all over the country, all over the world. And like, you know, for, for me, like the, it started feeling just unpleasant being in Staples Center. Like, the, like I started feeling like the air as I was breathing it in was thicker. Yeah. Like every no, person, you're right, Brian, every person started looking to me, every object started looking yes. at me like that episode of the Simpsons where Mr. Burns, uh, like devolves into Howard Hughes and he starts seeing Smithers as like just human germs. That's how I started seeing everybody. And I got to be honest, when the season got suspended, as much as I re recognized the ramifications of this and, and how big this is, you know, in our industry, in sports in general, and, you know, the, the world impact that, that was coming and, and where we are now, I was relieved. I was really oh, yeah, I relieved was, when, they oh, when they suspended yeah. the season. It's funny because, like, we were getting the – I think we all thought the next step was going to be games without fans, games without media, because we would not have been invited in there either. They, Maybe three. I, I don't know exactly what the plan would have been, but it would not have been a full contingent of media. And I was like, okay, I'm cool with that. But what's what's funny about it too, Andy, is I think more people were shown because we could all kind of feel like this could be the it for our access. And the natural instinct is I have to be there. Like we yes. are, you know, the 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 it's not even just like the you know you're paranoid because you're a journalist. You don't want to miss the story. You feel like you know it is just driven into you have to show up like the number one rule of doing this well is if you have access and you want to be able to be somebody who can talk you know with any kind of authoritativeness about what it is that you're covering and do a good job and be professional you have to show up and we're all like if we don't show up it's gonna like this is it this is the all the access we're gonna have of course the minute the game stopped the fact that you were at Tuesday's game against New Jersey is completely irrelevant. It doesn't matter if you were there because there's no longer anything to talk about. Like, it would have been funny to know, like, how many people, if you just said there's a 75% chance that after, you know, Thursday of this week, that the games will be suspended for three months, how many people would have showed up? I wouldn't have been there Tuesday. I, I probably would have gone to the Clipper game, but I, I sure as hell, I mean, what do I need to see them play the Nets for live? Like, I mean, if, just if, it, if the games are, if, if, I, if I think there's that big a chance, that the, the games are going to become irrelevant anyway. Actually, you know what? That, if anything, I think that might have cranked up the urgency to be there because thinking about the stuff that we'd be trying to do for the athletic, you know, the work that we do for 710 ESPN, it's like, okay, this might be my last chance. Well, that's what that, that's ask. the point I was making before, but like it, because I don't, th at least for me, and again, I'm just talking about me, it didn't occur to me that the games themselves would stop that fast. I still thought 
I will be able to watch games from home. I will be able to watch them on television. It, and I, that, and that I never, I guess it, to me, I always it didn't felt, occur, it didn't think, it, I, just, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't thinking, in, I was thinking in terms of my ability to be there physically to do my job in the way that I do it now will end, but the games won't end. I, I felt like this is where we were headed because, because the, the notion of playing without fans, like, I, again, I, I recognize like this still isn't practical. You're still going to be putting relatively large groups of people who keep traveling all over the world in contact with each other eventually in particular so, right. playing uh, playing a sport where they're doing skin to skin contact like basketball isn't just a contact sport it's a skin to skin contact sport it, yeah, it just it, never it always felt like a pipe dream to me it, it, it it's it's a reminder too though just like how people are evolving and this kind of this is a good way to enter the Rudy Gobert conversation because Rudy was rightly dragged, I think, you know, after after he tested positive for the Mike stuff and after Donovan Mitchell tested positive. Um, we don't know. And Christian Wood, who played against Rudy Gobert, tested positive. We don't know that Rudy Gobert gave it to Donovan Mitchell and, and Christian Wood. We have no idea. The optics are really bad for Rudy. But where I feel some sympathy for him, and obviously, you know, he has said, I didn't take it seriously enough. And his teammates are reportedly really irritated with him. For just being too casual about it, I, I am sympathetic because, to one degree or another, most people—I'm not saying everyone—there are some people who really, kind of quote unquote, got it from the beginning. Most people, to one degree or another, didn't understand something about this. Whether it's how contagious you can be while you're asymptomatic, and you know that's obviously a big issue right now with younger people out in bars and restaurants and you know cities are starting to crack down on that but like you're like, oh if i'm sick i need to stay home but if you're not sick you need to stay like there's just so much about this that we didn't collectively understand or hear or getting mixed messages about that i am i am sympathetic to rudy gobert because when he was doing these things he did not know he was sick um and that he had a virus that could he could be a, I, I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he is not somebody who would willingly spread this around. Um, and I just think he is in a lot of ways representative of so many people. And Bruce Arthur wrote a great column uh, for the Toronto Star. It was like he referred to basically as like the most useful idiot ever. And it's not malicious. And he is not using idiot in that way. He's just it's like in the sort of old fashioned, you know, Shakespearean um, sense of it where you just you just don't know. And you're that kind of idiot. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little sympathetic. I, I'm sympathetic to, to Gobert to a point. in the sense, yeah. to a point, in the sense that I, I've never heard that he's anything other than a good guy, and he seems genuinely embarrassed by his behavior, and I think he genuinely feels bad for putting other people at risk. Where I, where I did, you know, and granted, this was my reaction in the moment when I saw that video that went viral of him, you know, touching all these media. Oh, it's completely, it's awful. It's tasteless. Right. Should, well, yeah. I, what, it's a bad, it's a really bad joke. It's a bad joke, but it was a bad joke at a time where we did know that this was contagious and we did know, and maybe he didn't know, but the royal we knew that this was something that it was a virus that people didn't entirely understand that at times people were, you know, were asymptomatic, but still say, I mean, there was enough about this that at the very least to go out of your way to be glib joking, you know, it, you know that if there is a virus spreading, you know 
that it can be spread through that type of touching. And the only reason you you I know that Gobert knew that is otherwise the joke wouldn't make sense. Like oh, so, no, by definite, I, I am not defending that. No, that I know you're not defending him. Is, I'm just I'm just awful. saying that you know I don't want to drag Ruby Go, Rudy Gobert and I don't want to demonize him. But if nothing else, he demonstrated why this is not screwing around time. Oh yeah, and, and you know he feels bad about it, and I think that he learned from it. But he, you know he should feel bad to a certain degree. I'm not saying he should feel bad for the rest of his life. And look, he he unwittingly did frankly the world a favor oh, by really cracking up the urgency there is of this. a but he there's a I, he didn't yeah. do it to be a hero no he didn't but like there there is a with i i think people will understand what i mean when i say this fewer people will die of this disease because of rudy gobert's bruce arthur style idiocy like yes fewer people in this no, country it, look, will it, die. It ultimately, here's the thing though, it ultimately was a favor, but the difference is Rudy Gobert could have done the exact same favor without touching everybody's stuff. He would have <laughs> yes. tested positive either way. Either way. He wouldn't have been feeling well either way. So, right. you know, I mean, do- It would have been better for Rudy Gobert, not, the, not for those other people. Right. I'm, I'm just saying like, I mean, again, without looking to demonize the guy and, you know, Bruce Arthur has written some absolutely stellar stuff. It's one of the, that, the column and we'll, we'll try to tweet it out at campus. I one mean, of the finest pieces of right. sports writing I've ever but read. Right. And, and, and Bruce has written a lot of really good stuff and Bruce is just a terrific writer in general. But where I would disagree with him is one really has nothing to do with the other. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the, the issue that I would take with the angle that he had there is he could have been the exact same useful idiot without literally acting like an idiot. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be, I, I will say this. I, this is one of those times where because of that, you know, I, I know I made mistakes in my just my general sure. understanding of thinking about this and, and what it is and, and whatever. And I don't, I don't think I've been putting people at risk, but like I didn't, I didn't totally get it like fast. And I, and I follow this stuff pretty closely. No, look, it, look, you and, and I. But I'm, just I'm saying like my larger point is like, Everyone, I hope, gets to it somewhere, and we have a tendency in our society, whether it's politics, whether it's, whether it's to drag people for mistakes they've made previously. With something like this, if somebody comes around and gets it and starts doing what they're supposed to do, I feel like we should just be praising people for like kind of bringing them into doing the right thing and the responsible thing. Because there are still too many people who don't. No, absolutely. Like, um, like so I said, I, you know, I don't think Gobert should be demonized for the rest of his life. And he, and he seems genuinely contrite for it. And I'm good with that. Um, I'm just saying, like, it, it, it was pretty damn glib in the moment. Oh, it was, it was awful. All right. So let's, let's move on to this. Like, there was, there was actually a little bit of news Sunday night. And Lord knows, Andy, if we ever find news, we're going to talk about it because... We need to. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN wrote a, a, a an article kind of outlining what the NBA is thinking uh, might happen going forward. Basically, it opens with mid-June as the best case scenario for the league's return. That's what sources told ESPN on Sunday. Uh, there's concerns that the season could be completely lost. Um, some of that based on the um, sort of the national response to coronavirus and testing and all these other things. CDC on Sunday uh, issued a recommendation of no gatherings or events with more than 50 people for the next eight weeks, which would presumably preclude NBA games from being played, even if you did it, you know, at, you know, the Lakers stage games at their practice facility, you'd still probably need more than 50 people 
in that space. Now, I, I don't know what the rules would be. I don't think anybody does, but in theory, that becomes an issue. So they're they're all kinds of like they're talking about you know the season if it is able to restart, pushing it all the way to where the finals might be in August, late August. Um, you know, for the playoffs, obviously this tilts next season's schedule to where that there's conversation it might not start until Christmas. It is so hard to know what happens from here. What was your reaction though when you kind of read Woj's story and what this might mean for possibly finishing this season? Well, I was going to say, I mean, and and obviously this is speculation by definition because we quite literally don't know what's going to happen. I no, mean, and, and, and no one does. Nobody knows. But my first reaction was, there's no way we're gonna we're gonna wrap up any more of the regular season. Like the regular season has ended. Like to me, I think that's probably true. Practically yeah. speaking, you have if you're going to try to play basketball for a 2020 season, it has to be the postseason because it's going to be difficult enough logistically to find enough you know arena space to accommodate the games for the playoffs and for actual series. Even if they all got reduced to best of five, like I mean, think about how difficult it was for the Lakers and Clippers to find that one game at Staples Center that they were going to play the makeup, you know, after Kobe's death, right. and, and that game had been postponed. That's one game, and, and you know, I recognize that Staples is you know among the most booked venues in the entire NBA, but still, it was difficult to land on that one date. So I can't imagine. That there's going to be a regular season. Frankly, I can't imagine that they're even going to attempt to find one. I think really, it, it, I would think that the immediate mission is going to be how do we do some type of playoffs and some type of resolution to the season? You know that that leads to a championship. Yeah, it's interesting too. Like there are all kinds of scenarios that are floated around because if you do this without fans, you no longer are tethered to one building. You no longer have to fly. You know, everyone, you know, you don't have to fly around the country. Like, theoretically, you could take players, screen everyone, screen whatever, if you're going to do this without fans, and play the entire playoffs in one building. Yeah. You know, like, just like the way this impacts it. The other thing that I think is really interesting, just as like a sort of a thought experiment, because like you say, that's really, we don't, nobody knows anything, and thought experiments are really all we have right now. If next season, we've talked for a long time, Andy, people have floated the idea of why not just start the NBA season around Christmas? Why are you competing with the NFL? Why do that? Nobody pays attention until Christmas. If you just started it at Christmas, the NBA could have its thing. Um, you know, you, you no longer have, you know, your, 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 your playoffs are now kind of through the summer and into the, you know, in the fall, you're competing against baseball at that point, which nobody in basketball will be scared of. You know, you you your off season now becomes the beginning of the football season. So where it's like that part where we're really just talking a lot about basketball and those subplots and all that other stuff. You're not really. It would be really interesting to see what would happen if they were forced for a year to do that schedule, and then what would happen if people really liked it? Because the only real conflict there, every four years, you have to think about the Olympics. But I feel like the NBA could figure out a workaround if the other three years were awesome um, and just worked out perfectly for, for you know, the, the NBA fan revenue goes back up, whatever it might be like this could be something that changes the entire sports calendar going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's something the NBA has been dealing with anyway, because the ratings have been going down the last few years. And, and I mean, 
ratings for blank have gone down the last few years just because there's so much more competition. There's just there's so much more content that we can consume and so many more different avenues for that consumption. But in particular, going up against you know the the biggest sport in the world right now, or certainly in North America with the NFL, and having your season start, you know, and, and start to build when they're really in the thick of their thing, doesn't necessarily help that issue. I mean, you know, I, no, but it gets you through that. You're you you know you're done. You're you're people are no, excited. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying it doesn't help your issue of the lower ratings to automate to on top of it be dealing with the NFL. I'm saying if you moved part of the NBA season, you would at least eliminate the that problem. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, having two you and have and a half far months. less overlap. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm saying okay, I, I think it saying. actually is a good idea. I yeah, mean, well, it's, we'll see what happens. I mean, I mean, you know, all you'd really be competing with sports-wise if you push it all back is the early part of baseball, and yeah. the early part of baseball has far less urgency than the early part of basketball ever would. It's the worst. Um, yeah, but you know, I almost I, I take baseball right now. I take spring training baseball. Oh yeah. Anything. Um, all right. So that's that's that. I mean, there's these are issues that we're going to be talking about dealing with and whatever kind of the the heavy portion of of the uh, of the schedule. Um, and nobody knows what's going on. You asked an interesting question that we were kind of kicking stuff around, like what the hell do we talk about kind of stuff today? Uh, it, you know, because most people, I think at this point, many people are either self quarantining, certainly trying to stay home as much as possible. Uh, you asked an interesting question. If you had to quarantine with a Laker, which one would you want to quarantine with? Yeah, I, I this okay. got me thinking. Yeah, I, I, it feels like the obvious best answer is LeBron because, by definition, the person who has to decide which of his Brentwood compounds to bunker down right. in or could go back and forth to eliminate boredom in houses that feel like you wouldn't really get that bored in them all to begin with. That feels like the obvious answer. I love Mexican food. I know I'm getting it every Tuesday. Yes. Um, and, and, and here's and it's important. Like you talk about the Brentwood compound. You're going to be you, like you say, I have that in my notes, too. Well provisioned. You live with LeBron. You are well provisioned. Yeah. I mean, um, he's, he will keep me in shape because, you know, you know, the one guy he's going to exercise. Right. And I mean, he's going to have like a fleet of, you know, I, I assume uh, tested <laughs> uh, trainers around him, people like that. He's going to be keeping in shape, which will help me stay in shape. His kids will occupy my daughter, keep her out of my hair. That's true. I hadn't thought about bringing the family with me. Oh, I well, just was thinking of like it was just myself. Oh, no, I'm not going to. I mean, that sounds no, but, really well, Andy, cool. the, the hypothetical of who you have to. I didn't realize we were bringing the entire family. Well, I just I thought it was just me and the other guy. I I don't really. I mean, it feels like LeBron letting everyone in. Feels like kind of a douche move to leave my wife and daughter here while I go to LeBron's place. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 no, but I I just, I, I, maybe I didn't take this as literally as you did in terms of like the amount of like, oh no, the entire family is coming. I just thought it was like a. like a hypothetical, like I'm stranded on a, an island with one of these guys. And well, I mean, look, which, I mean, which who would I rather be on I'm, an island I'm with? I'm trying to think about this in terms of the situation that we're in. I mean, I. I well, now it's, you know, you're right. It's even better because uh, LeBron's place is presumably big enough that if, let's say we don't like LeBron, um, there's room for people to stay away from LeBron, I guess. That was, that was, I was thinking that just for myself. But now that I know that I'm bringing three other people and a baby with me too i I think lebron would also appreciate that i again i just didn't it didn't occur to me that we're 
in this thought experiment bringing everyone well i mean i i'm, I'm thinking about my real life situation my no i understand no i understand that you have, no i understand that but <laughs> the real life situation doesn't probably include which laker am i going to be quarantined with right but I mean, uh, but it does this does change my answer because uh my first response was you know it would be fun to be quarantined with JaVale McGee. He was my second choice. But I'm not, I don't know if that would be as good if I'm bringing the 10-year-old, the 7-year-old, and the baby. Well, I think, I think JaVale has kids. I think. I'm not 100% sure. Oh. It feels like something I should know. But uh, but he's an interesting dude. He's funny. Oh, he'd be great. Um, He's he's an accomplished producer. I think you could teach a oh, lot he's of a text out of Smart music. guy, interesting guy, you know, wide variety of interests. I mean- I again, I, just, I I have to recalibrate this whole thought experiment because of the children. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm clearly, but Javale was high on my list. Clearly, uh, a better J- family man than you. It's it's not that I want to <laughs> ask me in a few weeks, but right right now, I don't want to leave them behind. I'm just saying, it didn't occur to me that they were coming. Uh, I had Jared Dudley on my list. Yeah, the other thing, actually, this is important. Jared Dudley and LeBron, this matters. They are closer to us in age. Yes. Like As that, is JaVale. Like, right. That's JaVale's closer. I feel like uh, like if it comes to it, Rajon Rondo would be excellent at social distancing. Mm. He'd probably be better than anybody on the team at social distancing. Yeah. When I, when I thought about the worst to do this with, because I agree with you, Jared. Jared would be a lot of fun too. Um, uh-huh. My Danny worst- Green, Danny Green wouldn't be bad. No, Danny Green would be really good. He, he's, yeah. he's a cool dude. He's a As long as you dude. don't have to transcribe him. Inside right. secret, he is the worst player on the team to transcribe. Um, For some reason, like he's t- it's not like you can't understand him when he's talking, but somehow when you have to transcribe it, it's awful. Yeah. Um, the worst would be, I decided, Dion Waiters, because I've yet to meet him. <laughs> and, I, and I don't even mean as I hadn't like, even, I forgot he was there. I don't even mean that I- With the, Andy, the Dion Waiters era might end before we ever get a chance to see it. Oh right. my God. Right. But This I'm, might be, that might be the worst- Part of this, but like, forget I, the title that they might not win. I, I've never met waiters, not even as a Laker, but like, period. So that seems right. like a really awkward way to introduce ourselves. <laughs> Plus, also, waiters We're quarantined together. Waiters just got here, so he may be in a hotel, and if he's in a hotel, he might be literally confined to that hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> so I would be stuck in a hotel room with somebody with that Dion I've literally waiters. never met. Yeah, like, even ag- I got to think he's got an apartment. I don't know. But I don't know. You're he right. He may not have had time to. He may not have actually had time. Well, he could still find one, right? But no, you got to stay where they are right now. Right. And so, you're bringing your family. I don't know if he has family. I've never met him. No, I'm saying <laughs> you're bringing yours. Right. So now, <laughs> that is, that is, see, you, you had forgotten that part. Now it's even worse because it's you, Dion Waiters, your wife and daughter in a hotel room. Yes. There's only probably only one bed. Right. So <laughs> Dion just Dion sounded like a really bad idea. So you know, he, I, he was I the forgot worst. he was there, but he's he is he is the worst, but it's not necessarily because of Dion Waiters. It's a logistical issue as much as anything. No, he may be a um, wonderful person. Um, I don't know. I decided the uh, weirdest would be Dwight, because he's got Dwight, all those snakes. There's, there's just a lot. <laughs> There's a lot going on with Dwight. It's just a lot. Some of which we can't get into. There's just a lot. Like, I'm really happy for Dwight. And I think this his comeback story this year and the way he, he redeemed himself with the NBA, the, the, the whole of the NBA, one of the best stories of the year. He is a weird guy. Well, I mean, you, um, you and just, I- He is an unusual fellow. You and I covered Dwight's first stint with the Lakers and this uh-huh. current stint. And you can tell the difference in comfort in his skin. 
like this time around yes. versus that first time. Dwight. Yes, there's no question. And it, Dwight has been, quite frankly, much more pleasant to cover this time around than the first time. That said, it's a lot of snakes in that place, man. It's just, it's just a lot. So, I mean, he's, he's I got, got a, and I got a, I got a baby. Like one of those snakes get us out. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's like a menagerie of animals it's, in it's, there. It's too, much. A, it's too much. I'm an animal lover. That's too much. It's too much. Um, the it, my actually my worst was Kyle Kuzma. I can think of nobody on this team that I have less in common with than Kyle Kuzma. Like we are going to run out of stuff to talk about <laughs> real fast. I mean, other maybe Costas Antetokounmpo. Who's like twelve? I, I yeah. mean, but like, but I, 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 other than him, there is nobody on this team that I have less in common with than Kuz. It would be pretty cool if Kuzma just said, "You know what? I am going to start outfitting you, and I'm going to start picking your wardrobe for you, old man. <laughs> I'm going to give you some." It grip. would be interesting. We'd ha- we look, man. It's it's going to be a long time. We'd have to get into it. Yeah. I want to try, I would like to try all that stuff on one day, like to walk around in like all the, the drip as the kids say, mm-hmm. you just use that term. Like, like those things are heavy. What things kind are of, heavy? Like chains and diamond necklaces and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Those are heavy. Yes. Yes, um, they are. Yeah. I, I, I just, what the hell am I going to talk about with, for six weeks with Kyle Kuzma? Uh, more than I can talk about with Dion Waiters. At least you've met Kuzma. Many times. That's true. (laughs) Well, I don't know, but it's like a wild card. But at least Kuzma probably presumably has more than one room in his house, which we can't say right now for Dion Waiters. You've really made me sad because it really just occurred to me that I may never see Dion Waiters in a Lakers uniform. It's going to be very difficult for him to get acclimated with his new team in this this trade. Dion, Dion, how is your chemistry right now with your new teammates? I mean, look, all joking aside, like this this stint was potentially Deion Waiters' opportunity to save himself in the league, and it may be gone. I mean, all joking aside. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's possible. I mean, he didn't screw it up. It's not like something went like he did it. No, but he, like, needed, he needed to showcase a little bit more. Right, and, and we'll see what he did get that opportunity. He did not. Um, terrible roommate. <laughs> it's a bad situation right now. Um, all right, the last thing we want to get into a little bit, we, we, we have... Um, there's obviously like the big thing going around on Twitter right now is, you know, people are just trying to figure out what to do to pass the time. And we're only on like day three of what's going to become like a real long thing. And so it's like, what show are you going to binge or what movies are you going to watch? And I get all that. What books are you going to read? I, it has occurred to me after one weekend at home, cause my kids, uh, school was canceled on Friday. Um, so my, my kids were home and again, 10 year old, seven year old baby. I am actually going to have less time to binge than I did before when I had almost no time to watch anything because now, in addition to, you know, the radio work we do, which, you know, God willing keeps going and we're writing stuff. We both have other, we each have like seven jobs. Now we are both adding homeschool teacher to, (laughs) to, to our list of jobs and you know, like we still got to get our work done. And so, you know, the children are no longer at school. Uh, I am now a teacher, which I've done before, but like, it's been a while. We got to occupy them. We got to go get food. Like I'm not, I'm not going to watch anything. I'm, I, I have so much like initial jealousy of all these people who are like, all right, I'm going to, I don't even want to watch the two popes, but I'm going to watch it anyway. Why? Because I have 47 weeks to kill. I, I, I it's, it's mind boggling to me that I now have less time 
in quarantine to <laughs> Netflix and chill than I used to. Yeah, you really start getting an idea um, in terms of like the people that we either follow on Twitter or know through Twitter. We've interacted enough that even if we haven't met them, we recognize them through Twitter. You really get an idea of who has kids and who doesn't. Yes. <laughs> like, or, it's, like, you know, our friend Zach Harper clearly does not have, does not have kids, does not have children. Do, doesn't uh, seem like Big Waz has a kid. Maybe I'm wrong, no. but it doesn't seem like he does. No, it's just one of these, it's one of these deals where you're just not, and like, I mean, I, I kind of recognized it, but it's at the same time, it's, uh, it's, it's extraordinarily aspirational to me. So I'm seeing all the, we asked the question at Cam Brothers on Twitter, you know, the, the, uh, you know, what would your, your binge watching suggestions and, and your hobbies and, uh, you know, a skill that you would like to learn something that you could use to take the time. Like I, I was really, I was getting pretty good. I was using Duolingo to learn Italian, but it's like, I, I can't, there is no hobby that I can pick up. There is no skill that I can pick up. I'm not going to have time to do anything. Yeah, unfortunately. It's, it's the worst quarantine ever. <laughs> unfortunately, it's going to feel pretty limited. Like I, I had thought about that, and I, I definitely want to pay off uh, some of the suggestions we got from people. Oh, some of them are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Dave Murphy at Dave M234 said that he's uh, determined to work on some long-neglected guitar chops. And there's a really, yes. funny, uh, there's a really funny clip, by the way. Uh, we, we tweeted out at Cam Brothers of Giannis, who's apparently going to learn guitar during this hiatus, uh, uh, working on <laughs> Smoke on the Water. And as uh, Bomani jo terrible. Yeah, and as Bomani <laughs> jo Jones pointed out, it's like the hilariously predictable first thing that anybody who starts learning guitar tries to learn. And like it reminded me of years ago when I was briefly trying to be a bassist. The first uh -huh. thing I asked I my that. teacher to teach me was Super Freak. And just the eye roll that he gave me of like, of course it is. It's it's the equivalent in uh, in uh, Wayne's world when the, you know he points to the the at the guitar store no stairway. Yes, I this one hit really close to home for me uh, from Christian Mill or Millet uh, at Frankenspot. I don't know, doesn't matter. Christian, I hope you listen. Um, his thing that he wanted to learn was mid century furniture restoration, and I don't know if he was just like screwing around. But that's, I think we've had this conversation, Andy. I've told you that when I was in college, um, my, the year I spent overseas, one of my roommates, um, she's Canadian, her boyfriend was a woodworker and made a canoe. He made a canoe, Andy, like an entire canoe. Like he just made one like out of a tree trunk. And I've never, <laughs> I have never had a bigger man crush than I did on this guy who made his own goddamn canoe. I have, I don't know how to make a canoe, but like, like I want to be able to do so. I've always wanted to be able to make furniture or be a woodworker or build stuff like that. That's just like this beautifully crafted thing. And like, Oh, where'd that table come from? Or where'd that chair? Oh yeah. I made that out in the shop. Because I'd have a shop, Andy. Yeah. So when Christian Millet or Meal or whatever mentioned mid-century furniture restoration, I was like, yes, like that's what I would, I would, if I had eight weeks or 10 weeks by myself where that's, that's what I would learn how to do. Yeah. We saw a fair amount of suggestions from people uh, wanting to learn ukulele or piano or guitar. Um, my, my daughter, actually, I'm, I ordered her. Uh, like a small keyboard, um, and she had been wanting to use this app to learn piano. So she can work on her, she's, so she can work on her sound. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I you know I'm, I may actually you know because I'm probably gonna have to supervise this anyway. 
I may actually see if I can pick up a little bit just through osmosis, you know, trying to make the time useful. You know, something like that. Because I'm going, I'm going to try to do that language thing again. I, wanted, yeah, I, I, I was so close. Apparently, Duolingo, and I, I do question their their metrics. They said I was like 54% fluent. I don't I, think that was accurate. <laughs> but maybe. I mean, that's pretty good. I was like halfway home, Andy. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to also learn Spanish for a while. And I've, Olaf. Been, I've been thinking, you know, maybe I can use this time to try to get better with it. I mean, I, I've increasingly wanted to know it and my wife is fluent and it would be nice when, you know, when she and her mom talk about me in Spanish. You'd I like can, to know what they're saying. Well, no, I, I sort of understand what they're saying. It would be great if I could respond. I can't well, respond. Well, you can well. understand, but also to a lot of the understanding comes from tone. Yes. And so, but now you can understand the real words Well, I remember too. One, one time they were talking about me and I just heard like Spanish, 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 esposo. I'm like, really? Really? Guys, Come on. Like, that's the one really? word I know. But it's like when you're talking to your kids and you realize like if you talk to them in the tone or like when they're a baby, like you can say nasty things if you say it in a really nice way. Mm -hmm. It'd be nice to know if that's what they're doing. Um, real quick, I'm going to run through some of the suggestions people gave for binge watching. Then I'll give a few of my own um, from Dave Murphy again. Uh, Flowers, a British comedy starring Olivia Coleman. I'd never heard of it, but it's never only heard of it. Only two seasons, so that's probably practical. Um, Yet another show I'm jealous I won't get a chance to watch. DM um, at DM5 underscore OSU. The Americans uh, at Zen the Poet. Barry, which is a terrific show. The Leftovers, yes. Succession, Undone, and Bosch. Uh, another vote from The Leftovers. Um, Leftovers is a little heavy for quarantine. It I might be a little heavy. It's not what I would go with. Yeah, you, you do. Like, everyone disappears. I mean, the leftovers, the like flips, half the people. The flip side is it might make you feel better about the quarantine situation. Um, it's true. It could be worse. <laughs> Eric Millspa, uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars. A uh, shout out to our buddy, Freddie Prince Jr. Got a call from at MSTRCRLS, six feet under. Um, Sean Davis at Lake Show, Jane the Virgin, the series 12 Monkeys, and The Shield. The Shield, if you've never seen, it's my all-time favorite it's drama. absolutely great idea. It's uh, awesome. It's absolutely um, awesome. Show called Counterpart uh, at Chickennet suggested. I've never heard of this. Never show. heard of it. It's nope. on uh, Amazon Prime with J.K. Simmons. Uh, Sci-fi, okay. just uh, two seasons long. Um, show called Gallivant on Netflix. Never heard of it. it's a musical from a at Mr. L.A. Sports fan. Um, and I'm going to offer a few, a uh, few that I would recommend that I don't think are as obvious. You know, you'll see a lot of people say Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones. Right. You know, like. It, those are the obvious ones. Uh, first is Halt and Catch Fire. Um, That's really good. Yeah, it's it, really good. It's a great show. It's basically about the invention of the computer age and like the different stages of it. And I've never seen a show that really reinvented itself after the first season. Like the first season, a lot of people saw it as basically like Mad Men for computers. And they meant that in some ways kind of derogatory. Right. And they completely flipped its focus and it began centering around the female leads. And it's just started turning and turning into a show about the dynamics of working relationships and like the dynamics of creativity made all the characters better. The performances are all fantastic. And the music throughout the show as it spans time, the soundtrack is awesome. Like you could watch this show just for a soundtrack. Uh, the second show I'd recommend is BoJack Horseman. That's um, really BoJack Horseman is really funny. It's really funny, but it's also really deep. Like it, oh, it like, is. It began, but it's a, it's, a, it's a good show to watch because you'll laugh. And you'll think. Yeah. And it's really bingeable. Like it began, it's just, it begins as like a pure Hollywood satire. 
But after a while, it becomes this really deep show about like psychologically damaged characters with addiction and depression and neediness, but it, but it never stops being really funny. And then the third show I would recommend, and you would have to find this uh, on FX, uh, probably through Hulu, is a show called Mr. Inbetween. And it's this really unusual Australian show about this criminal for hire named Ray, who's basically like muscle slash occasional hitman. And he maintains relationships between like a few different underworld crews. So he's sort of in between them. And he's also this doting single father who's trying to keep his daughter totally away from the horrible example that he's setting. So he's sort of in between those worlds. And it's a, it's a really unusual black comedy, like through his eyes. It's hard to describe, but it's it's really, really interesting. And it's also a really cool show to watch because I guarantee you have no idea who any of these actors are. So you're very likely to come into this thing with no, no preconceived right. notion. That's, that's, that's rare yes. to be able to do that. So those are the three I'd recommend. If you're interested in one that's really big about social distancing, you can do The Last Man on Earth. Not a great show. But uh, excellent again for social distancing. If you need some tips. Right. <laughs> Be the only person. A little depressing. Again, it's, it's like the leftovers on steroids. There's only one. Well, it turns out a couple people, but um, wasn't a great show. The other thing people are doing a lot of is um, are playlists. Like they're like pandemic playlists. Um, so it got me thinking of like things you probably don't want to be listening to. <laughs> Such as? Uh, <laughs> walking on Sunshine. A little chipper. <laughs> a little much. Like uh, Katrina and the Waves is just not the right vibe for me right now. Um, I am excluding the entire catalogs of Morrissey and Leonard Cohen. Uh, (laughs) All of it. I don't like the messaging right now from the Beatles with everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Um, Because what they could be hiding, of course, Andy is. Being sick. Exactly. Okay. Fire and Rain's a bit of a downer. (laughs) Under the under the best of circumstances, it's just a bit of a downer. And then finally, the one that I think is just the worst song for for a pandemic is "We Built This City," because it's the worst pop song ever written. And just because we're in the middle of a pandemic doesn't change the fact that it is the worst song ever written. Well, I mean, it's um, also it's it doesn't really also make sense because right now it feels like the city's being unbuilt. That's fine. But it just, the reason is why, well, Brian, why is that such a terrible song for the pandemic? Because it's the worst song ever written and you shouldn't be spending your time listening to it. I have to be honest with you. You know what songs kind of made me happy just playing through my head right now? Like the last couple of days. I'm a little embarrassed to admit this. Sure. Tub thumping. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a time where it's, people... It's kind of inspirational. <laughs> well, if nothing else, it gives you advice about the whiskey drink and the vodka it's a, it, Right. You, it's got drinking. It's getting back knocked down and getting back up again. There's probably, it seems like there's probably not a lot of social distancing there, but um, th- there's some other messaging and it's just, you know, it's like, I got this. We can do this. We, we get knocked down. We get up again. Thank you, Chumbawamba. Yes. That's always who I've turned to in times of trouble. <laughs> When things get really dark, Chumbawamba. What are they doing right now? They're probably self quarantine. <laughs> I guess. Would you Would you rather quarantine with Chumbawamba or Dion Waiters? Depends the size of the hotel room. Right. You don't know. It's a real wild card, and it could be all of Chumbawamba too. How many of them are there? Not a clue. All right. <laughs>
Um, anyway, we don't want to use up all of our content in one hour. Um, anyway, we're going to try to make this as interactive for people as possible. We want to, you know, we'll, we're going to figure out ways for us to talk directly to you, try to do some live shows where you, you know, as listeners can, can call in and, and all that stuff. Um, again, rate, subscribe, do communicate to us things, topics that you're interested in talking about because we need them. Yeah. So, uh, we do appreciate everybody who sticks with us through, uh, our, our pandemic podcast series. Uh, we will see everybody, uh, probably next week. Thanks a lot. 